Welcome to the Best Kept Secret Podcast, informally known as the Podcast About Nothing. I am your host, CZ Ray. Now, this is the final chapter, chapter three of this series we've had for Patrick Lee's album, Nowhere Child. Now, if this is your first time tuning in, obviously then, you know, I'd suggest that you go back to chapter one, listen to that, and also listen to chapter two. So you can get, a, you know, just some context to what we're speaking about here today. And so, yeah, I want to get right into it, man. Um, last time in chapter two, which we called the destruction to nowhere, we saw Patrick Lee now really submerged fully in his chaotic and destructive ways. You know, he was drinking, partying, sex all of it, you know, he was, he was all in there, you know, and it was a crazy, it was a crazy, like, roller coaster ride that he took us on over there, and now he comes out at the, at the, on the, on the other side of it, and he is sobering up, and this is where we are now with chapter three. Chapter three is going to be called, um, we're going to call this chapter, the redemption to nowhere, you know, because, yeah, I just feel like this was the moment on, on like, in, on the album or in his story where he was sobering up and it's like a moment of reckoning and, you know, things are finally starting to make sense. He's making sense of why he is the way he is and why things are the way that they are in the world, you know. And so the first song that we're going to be looking at is... One of my favorite songs on this album, it is a song called Never Paradise. But before we get into, you know, this chapter, the final chapter, I want to like refresh your guys' memory. So I want to take you back to chapter one to the prologue actually of the story and you know just to refresh your guys' memory on what Patrick Lee himself had to say about the album and its intention so here it goes he said dear lost family I've been in a very dark place for the longest time with questions running through my head that I just couldn't seem to find the answers to My journey led me down a somber path of escapism and melancholy, and in this album is my process of self-reflection. As I share what's going on in my mind, I hope you can find something to relate to, something that will point you in the right direction for finding your own answers. My actions can neither be interpreted as good or bad. My perspective is just a product of the life I've lived and the things I've seen and experienced. This album is here to show you that you're not alone. The nowhere is a state of mind where you're neither here nor there. This state of nowhere is where my journey led me. But in a sense, I've always been here. I reached a point in my life where I had to decide whether I would use my pain to grow or let it consume me. The question we must all find an answer to. When listening to this album, pay attention to how every song makes you feel and try to figure out where you stand. It was made with the purpose of making you feel. So now, with that in mind, 
let's get into the final chapter. And the first song is Never Paradise. Never Paradise is essentially about the sobering realization that everything you grew up believing in as a child is actually not real. There is no promised land for being a good person. You create your own paradise. You create your own luck and destiny. You grow up believing or being told that if you do A and B and C, then this and that will happen for you. So you spend most of your life attached to this idea, like I said earlier, you know, where attachment leads to suffering. The suffering here is caused by believing that life is simply 2 plus 2 equals 4, when in reality it's actually not that simple. So as you can see now, this is the point where obviously he has finally come off his chaotic and uh, destructive ride, so to speak. And his third eye is now wide open and he's looking around, you know, telling us, yo, man, like, wake up, guys. You know, this isn't the way things are supposed to be. Why are we so accepting of this system? You know, but then obviously being as woke as he is or just being on like a different wavelength to your environment or the people around you can be very lonely. And so now if you're a person who already has, you know, like this delicate relationship with mental illness or mental health, then it is going to be extremely lonely. He says, couple of lives left, but not enough soul. Nothing ever seems to make me feel whole. All the burning trees, but my heart still cold. Never paradise, paradise no more. Lives left, but not enough soul. Nothing ever seems to make me feel whole. All the burning trees, but my heart still cold. Never paradise, paradise no more. And I think with that first line in the chorus, when he says, couple of lives left but not enough soul it, it could have two meanings he could be referring to just like the people around him like his environment or the world in general where you know he's just saying like people are walking around they're alive but they have no soul or it could mean like he's referring to himself by saying you know 
he's down to just a few more lives because he's wasted so so many of his lives before you know doing all kinds of crazy things being destructive and all these other things and so now it just feels like he's saying yo man i don't have too many more chances to get this thing right you know but then even then like i'm still empty i don't have enough soul in me you can tell that he still feels the loneliness but this loneliness now mostly emerges from the isolation of being alone so much of the time this loneliness is almost understandable it hurts but at least he knows why now whereas before the loneliness came from a thousand people surrounding him and no one really knowing him he was somewhat of a stranger even to himself actually in chapter 1 the final song there that we talked about was hers to feel and when i was discussing that song i spoke about how it reminds me of a book by david foster wallace called infinite jest and i said there is this one moment in the book where he talks about what it's like for a person who is deep in the depression and i want to refresh you guys on what i said there or what he said and basically he said that the so-called psychotically depressed person who tries to kill herself doesn't do so out of quote-unquote hopelessness or any abstract conviction that life's assets and depths do not square and surely not because death seems suddenly appealing. The person in whom its invisible agony reaches a certain unendurable level will kill herself the same way a trapped person will eventually jump from a window of a burning high-rise. He went on to say, make no mistake about people who leap from burning windows. Their terror of falling from a great height is still just as great as it would be for you or me standing speculatively at the same window just checking out the view. I.e. the fear of falling remains a constant. The variable here is the other terror. The fire's flames when... When the flames get close enough, falling to death becomes the slightly less terrible of the two terrors. It's not desiring the fall, it's terror of the flames. And yet nobody down on the sidewalk, looking up and yelling, don't or hang on, can really understand the jump. You'd have to have personally been trapped and felt the flames to really understand a terror beyond falling. Now back to this song and how it relates. When I was listening to the song, um, there was a line in the song that says, Suicide hides behind the human eye. Death, the only thing separating you and I. And this was that line you know, that reminded me of the book. Because unless you've really been through it yourself, you would never really understand why a person would want to ever take their life or why a person would ever you know, want to harm themselves. Unless you've been... In that situation before and unfortunately you know mental illness isn't a physical injury you can't physically see it it's in the mind and so sometimes it's hard to connect or it's hard to express yourself to say yo i'm hurting you know it's, it's because when you say when you try to tell people that you're hurting they don't see any proof of injury and so they say how can you be hurting and so now tying that back into the book unless you've been trapped by those flames yourself 
you would never really understand why a person would jump from a burning building. And so I want to, you know, just stick with this David Foster Wallace thing here quickly about the burning building and, you know, jumping out from the flames. When he was asked to, you know, explain this analogy, basically what he said was, when people jump out of a burning skyscraper, it's not that they are not afraid of falling anymore. It's that the alternative is so awful. And then you're invited to consider what could be so awful that leaping to your own death seems like an escape from it. He went on to say, I don't know if you've had any experience with this kind of thing, but it's worse than any kind of physical injury. It may be what in the old days was known as a spiritual crisis, feeling as though every axiom of your life turned out to be false, and there's actually nothing, and you are nothing, and it is all a delusion. And that you are better than everyone else because you see that it's a delusion, yet you are somehow worse because you can't function. And it's really horrible. And I don't think we ever change. He went on to say, um, he doesn't think, you know, those parts of him or those parts of us ever go away. We just find ways to not let them drive us. And I think this could also be true for Patrick Lee. I think for him, Never Paradise is a song about realizing that man Life is a scam, you know, and it's not as simple as 2 plus 2 equals 4. But, you know, he is now trying to find a way, well then, if life isn't, you know, what I was told, what is it then? You know, so now it's this moment where he is now trying to, I guess, create a new meaning for himself for what life should be as we come to the end of the song you know, you realize how as a person or as humans, you have to allow yourself to grieve the old you, the you that didn't know any better. Sometimes grief is not about the people you've lost. Sometimes it's about the loss of yourself, you know, when you can't feel your core or your soul, like the inner you, the essence of who you are, when you can't locate that as if you've misplaced it or left it somewhere. And you don't know where to even look. And I think that is the tragedy of this journey that Patrick Lee has been on thus far. This brings us to the second to last song on the album. And the song is called Bermuda Triangle. And essentially, it is about releasing yourself from your past mistakes and embracing what's to come. this song Patrick Lee is thinking with a sober clean and clear mind he is coming to terms with the mess he's made 
and he's trying to take responsibility, you know. He is asking the right questions, issuing out apologies and making amends. He shows great self-awareness and in doing so, begins to understand parts of himself that he spends so much time neglecting with the help of substance abuse. He kicks off his verse by saying, I let you take over. I let you convince me I cannot handle this sober. This to me feels like he is addressing someone directly. It's very specific to who this message is to. And I think he is now addressing this demon that he's been fighting throughout this whole journey. He is now finally standing up to it and saying, hey man, enough is enough, you know? I thought this was really, really interesting and really cool for him to, you know, bring the story full circle because if you guys remember in chapter one, when we're discussing the song Sweet Whisper, over there in that song, it was a demon talking to him. You know, when the demon is saying things like, I'm the one inside your wardrobe when you're turning off the lights, can't see me on your chest while you're asleep and paralyzed. Or when the demon said, the doctor lied when he told you my name. You're indecisive because you hate my mind, can't define my fucking type, don't classify me. These were all the things that the demon was saying in the first chapter, you know. But now, in the final chapter, it's now Patrick Lee addressing the demon and saying, I got some stuff to get off my chest. You listen to me now. In this song, Bermuda Triangle, in verse 1, he said, The demon that took my life with the knife to my throat, but I let you inside and lied to myself, I am stronger, begging for help. And if you guys remember now, in chapter 1, in the song Sweet Whisper, there was a line there or a couple of lines where he said, You called on me instead, not with your voice but with the thoughts in your head. And sometimes it's okay to want to stab him in the neck. Just make sure before you leave the body really dead. And so I thought it was cool that, you know, in the second song on the album, he said that. And then now in the second to last song on the album, he is basically saying... The demon that took my life with a knife to my throat, but I let you inside and I lied to myself, I am stronger. And so, you know, it's that reference again of the throat or neck wanting to stab the demon in the throat or wanting to stab himself in the neck. Which goes to show again that this album was really well thought out. You know, every line, every bar carries meaning. It is all connected. Wait for a sign to be sent. Yeah, mind in a straight jacket. Fuck it, I hate asking. I'm traumatized, I hate my eyes, and I can't wait passive. Fucking natural cause of pain, never knock at the door. Just break it in and leave you bloody all over the floor. Pressure between my ears. I live my life of fear. For inner peace and the release, I do it every year. I faded through this life. And even though I wouldn't change a single thing, I swear on mine, I wouldn't live it twice. Don't need your pity, I'm in the pit with a 
50 of me not pulling the trigger is me fighting off inner demons just need a fucking reason my mind committing treason i am my enemy i fight to keep on breathing this to me feels like the part of the story where he is finally admitting himself into rehab this could be a literal rehab center or it just could be a figurative thing in the mind of him coming to the realization that hey i need i need to fix myself now you know there's no more running he had to make a choice carry on blaming others for his own selfish actions of the past and continue on the path of self-destruction or finally stand up and you know take accountability while he is aware that he is a product of his chaotic past and his actions are a product of him he realizes the importance of releasing himself from his old ties that bind him to his past as humans we are not our pasts i think we can all agree that we are not the mistakes of our past and we shouldn't hold people to that we are not our mistakes we shouldn't let those things define us and dictate where we are going every choice we make incurs a debt to consequence and sooner or later that debt is paid and so with patrick maybe writing these songs is his start at facing the consequences maybe in making this album he may have found the answers to his new beginning And so this brings us to the final song not only for this chapter called The Redemption to Nowhere but also brings us to the end of the album going to speak too much on this song or about this song um but really it's like um it's like a ps signature at the end of a letter or a ribbon you know on like a special gift or present and even though i'm not going to say much about this song i want to read to you guys what patrick lee had to say about it he said With all that I've been through this year, it has brought me to a bit of a cliffhanger in my life. Like yeah, I did all the soul searching and reflecting to kind of figure myself out and why I feel I have so many mental barriers and obstacles. But it's like combining all that I've found out with my environment just leaves me at a paradox. How does a person with such bad anxiety deal with all the attention? the feeling of always having to look like i have it all figured out when at the end i still feel as lost as before the same things i used to cope are the same things that leave me emotionally drained and depressed but they will always be around me in this industry i want to be the greatest artist to have ever lived but i'm stuck with this feeling that the fame might just be the death of my psyche all in all these are the things that will forever be a learning curve for me I try not to beat myself up over some of my actions and mostly my regrets. I think the title of the song might make more sense now, but really and truly, it's what you make of it. 
I'm glad you made it to the end of this project. It's truly been a journey getting to this point in my life. I'm glad I'll always have you to share it with. And who knows where we go from here. The reason why I grouped the last three songs into a chapter called Redemption to Nowhere is because of this very last song on this album. He arrives at this song on the album and you expect him to give some sort of answer to the questions he proposed on the album, but instead he leaves the audience to formulate their own conclusions for themselves. Does he come out of this alive? Does he lose his fight to his demons? Does he even care to fight? And so, as we come to the end of this album and this series, I just want to flash back to what Patrick Lee had to say about this album leading up to its release. Because, like, what I'm about to give is not necessarily easily digestible. Like, when people finally hear No Way Child, like, they're going to hear, like, a lot of a lot of things they didn't really expect me to say, you know. A lot of things I didn't even expect myself to say. Like, I was, like, spitting this shit on the mic, like, oh, shit, you just said that? <laughs> I don't know, like, I just, I, I really want that album to really, like, truly and truly represent what Patrick XX Lee's mind looks like. I want it to be, even though it's an audio, I want it to be a visual representation of what my mind looks like. Yeah. Are you out of the danger zone? I mean, we, we all know that you went into rehab, you checked yourself into rehab for depression, and you came back and you, you have the strength now to tell your fans, I'm making more music. Um, are you, what's happening there? Are you, do you feel like you're healing? Do you feel like there's a little bit of progress what's what's the situation there what's the progress for you um i'm slowly and surely starting to learn not to make the same mistakes that i made before my album this album was me being like 150 percent honest you know like truly honest like diary of an honestness was me trying to make honest sound cool mm-hmm. nowhere child is me letting honest just be honest like what it is it's not like it has to sound cool or bad or whatever it just is honest no matter what you think it is, you hate it or love it, like, but it is, it is a direct connection from, from my mind to, to your ears. In the first episode of the series, I said that for me, Nowhere Child is one of my favorite albums of all time and one of the best albums I've ever heard. And, you know, it's, it's all very subjective when it comes to which album is good, which album is bad. But for me, I really appreciated this body of work because it just came from an honest place. It sounded like he wasn't trying to be something. It felt like a guy who had a story to tell and he wasn't too concerned about what it would look like or what it would sound like. He just knew that he had something inside of him that he needed to share with the world and with his fans. And I really appreciate this because, you know, not only is he showing that, look guys, there is a way to make it by owning your truth, but he is also giving other people a voice. People who go through these things like um, mental illness, substance abuse, you know, people can gravitate to certain things that he is speaking about on this album and for me ultimately that's what music is about that's what art is about it's about telling stories it's about making you feel something otherwise what's the point then this really ain't no lie like i really be living this shit and like 
all I want to do is really connect with my fans and just show them that like whatever you're going through, you don't have to give up. I didn't give up. I'm probably gonna go home now, go watch fucking Netflix, go buy like a McDonald's burger, go roll a J, whatever, go sleep and wake up and I'm still have the same problems that I had before I did this. My problems before I did this is not the reason why I did this. The reason why I did this is because I want to walk so people can fly. So that the people that come after me are able to do this and make this type of music and be able to make money. Maybe I won't be able to make money and that's Gucci. I don't know, I don't know what my legacy holds like 50 years from now, I don't know that. I don't want to know that. All I want to know is that I put my all and everything into what I'm doing right now. And when I'm gone, then I'm gone. So, in conclusion, Nowhere Child by Patrick Lee on the surface level is basically a story about what happens when substance abuse is mixed with mental illness. However, beyond surface level, Nowhere Child is a story about a troubled man who lives somewhat of a troubled yet thrilling yet chaotic and crazy life. It is an intricate and honest detail of the phases someone goes through when they struggle with mental illness and substance abuse and being in an industry that is so toxic, that is so hindering towards someone's personal growth. And so Patrick was able to really, really pull the curtain behind all of that false bravado that comes with hip-hop and show us that, you know what, even though I am a hip-hop artist, I'm in this industry, you know, that is built on showing how tough you are or whatever. He is saying, I am very sensitive, I am very passionate, and I too struggle with many, many things that a normal person would struggle with. However, in my case, it is intensified because of my environment and other factors. And yes, when we came to the end of the story, we saw that, you know, he made it out on the other side. He survived, but somehow he still feels empty. There's still parts of him that are not completely whole yet and may never be whole again. We don't know, but... All I can tell you is that more often than not, it is our emptiest parts that are always the heaviest to carry. So with that being said, Patrick Lee, if you ever get to listen to this, I just want to say, man, thank you for sharing this album with us. Thank you for sharing your stories with us. Um, you know, you shared some of your most personal and private moments with us and through that we were able to connect and we you know we, we felt less alone in some in some instances and to everyone else i just want to say man like find someone to talk to even if it's just one person you know it's important to not live in your head too much and i'm very grateful to have someone like that uh so to the dear one my friend Thank you for being a safe space for me. And to everyone else, man, like if you made it this far, then that means you really care about the music like I do. You care about the themes, you care about the narratives, you care about the stories, 
you know, you, you care about the, the multi-layered meanings of, of certain things. You don't just take songs for, you know, surface level only. And so I really appreciate you for sticking around chapter one, chapter two, and chapter three. And it's been really, really great hanging with you guys. If you would like me to do more of these kind of reviews, like more in-depth stuff like this, then let me know what albums you guys would like me to actually review and talk about. You get me? It's been great hanging with you guys. My name is CZ Ray, a.k.a. The Guy About Nothing, a.k.a. Him Over There. Until next time, peace and love.